Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what is happening up in the sky above for today, tomorrow, and Sunday. It is Friday, Friday, and I, I for one, am looking forward to the weekend, although I'm going to be working this weekend anyway but it's supposed to snow. That will give me much more reason to stay in my pajamas with my hot coffee or my hot tea and to just cuddle up and do some writing perhaps, right? <laughs> uh, it seems like the last several weeks I've worked through the weekends. It's just been a crazy time and uh, crazy because I feel very creative and have a lot of ideas that I want to take action on. And just for the grins of it, I uh, was also a manifesting generator in my solar return for this year. So I seem to be doing the, the manifesting generator thing by juggling a ton of different stuff. So I don't know how everybody else is doing out there. Check in with us. Let us know how you've been, what's been going on this week. How was your new moon? The new moon, of course, was followed immediately by the void. And that means that even today, we still have opportunities to set intentions, to try to manifest what it is that we are looking at for our futures. And that's because in the void, really setting intentions and so forth wouldn't have gone very far, right? The void, the moon is sort of wandering. Maybe we didn't know what it was we wanted to focus on. And now that's probably taken uh, more shape for you. And you can still set those intentions. Usually the first 48 hours after a new moon are the most potent hours for taking and setting intentions. So you still have time. Make sure you make it some good stuff that you want uh, to be able to provide for yourself, for your family, for your community, uh, what, how it is that you want to show up in the world, how it is you want to free yourself from the limits of the past and be able to move forward uh, fully enjoying, fully embracing all that you are. So hopefully this morning our chat is working and Asa will be out there in the back taking notes for anybody who has questions. She will get those to me. Good morning, Asa. Good morning, Tom. Uh, I have no idea what that says. Lucer Bay Tashi Delic. I, I don't know what that means, but anyway, good morning, Monique, Tom, prosperity and goodwill. Happy O because today is Chinese New Year and that or the Lunar New Year. And that is the year of the metal ox, which also happens to be the year that Tom and I and Londa, if you're out there this morning, that we were all born into. So it's our year, right? It's a lucky year when in lunar astrology, the same sign and the same element are in play from when you were born. And that only happens every 12 years. So woohoo! hold your hands up, Tom. Let's take a roller coaster ride of good. All right. <laughs> Monique Alexander, good morning to you. And uh, good morning, JLo and Corey and Kathleen Mallory and Debbie Tibbetts. Tumiel, good morning. I got your Valentine's Day card in the mail yesterday. I was so, so excited. I saw the little red envelope and I'm like, what is that? Pulled it out of my mailbox and there it was. So thank you very much. Tammy Smith, good morning to you. Tom says, Goddess Asa is out in the back. She's out there in uh, the front. She's out there in the front. She's in, in the back of me. My cat is running around crazy in here. So if you see a black thing shooting across the bed or something, uh, that's her. <laughs> Christine Buckingham, good morning. And Valerie Jocelyn, good morning to you. It's great to see you. Brandon Esteban, hello. Uh, I can't stop challenging people's opinions and I'm not even getting frustrated, but the people on the other side are having breakdowns. Well, <clears throat> you know, sometimes depending on your human design and you may not know Brandon what yours is, but if you do uh, check to see if you have the gate 39 that is down on the root center. And let me show you a picture real quick of the human design chart. And did I open that? I did. And, uh, oh, because I'm not in Zoom. Duh. All right, here we go. So I'll show you where that might be. Um, is this one going to show? Let's see. It's down here, right here at the very bottom. You see this uh, gate 39 right here. And if I circle that, you can see that. 
And that if you have that defined in your chart, you're defined as someone who can trigger others or who gets triggered. So it might work both ways, right? You might be the one doing the triggering and other times people are triggering you, provoking you to move to the other side of the channel, which is the channel, the gate of spirit, right? Abundance through spirit. And it's an emotional thing, right? Feeling abundant and sitting on the solar plexus. So perhaps that's what's happening. And uh, however, uh, say, Brent, yep, your earth is at 39. There you are, you little provoker, right? That's what you're here to do. Now, provoking and provocation doesn't mean that you have license to go out and hurt people's feelings or upset the apple cart, so to speak. But it does mean that in the right and perfect time with the right and perfect person, you can facilitate an awakening for people or a, a moving, uh, correcting even, uh, getting them back into alignment with what is true, with what the bigger T, capital T truths are. So sometimes that's not even something that you're taking on consciously. It's just because it's in your incarnation cross, it's a part of who you are, right? The earth is sitting at your gate 39. So it's the grounding force for you. And then the other side, the gate 38 is the gate of struggle. So struggle, but struggle for what, right? Fighting the right fight, uh, finding the right thing to stand up for. And if that's because you see something that is out of alignment and you want to, you know, cast your, your life into that or your, your opinions into that, then that's always a possibility for you as well. So it's a very activated part of uh, the chart. Uh, when we see that particular gate or those particular pairs of gates, we know that we're dealing with someone who is here to activate others and provoke others. Although sometimes you don't even know that that's what you've done. <laughs> Ursula, good morning to you. Tom says black cats matter. <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. And she's been a little terror this morning. She is just running all over. I let her outside. It's like 23 degrees right now up there. And she wanted out, but I know that if I let her out and I close the door, then she's going to be out there freezing. So I must leave door open just this much. And finally, I, I called her in. I said, it's too cold. I can't leave that door open. So now she's just running around in here like a crazy thing. Uh, anyway, Asa, namaste, sun god, metal ox. Yes, I'm here, she says. Asa, laugh out loud. All right, so uh, I've said good morning to everybody. Let's talk now about the weekend astrology. It is really a good weekend. When I look at the transits, even though there are some and on the surface, they may seem a little bit difficult. Um, for the most part, they really aren't. Mercury in retrograde conjunct Venus, yay. Mars sextile Neptune, yay. Mercury in retrograde conjunct Jupiter, yay. The only not so yay there is the Mercury retrograde part. And so that can bring up some difficulties or, or things that, you know, are coming back at you from the past, but it doesn't have to be a negative thing. Those can be very positive things that are coming back up for you. In a little bit, we're going to go through each of those transits and talk about what they mean. Let's back up right now to today and let's talk about where the moon is today. As the moon finished her uh, trials through, <laughs> her transits through Aquarius, the next sign on her list is Pisces. She is sitting right now at about four degrees of Pisces, if you want to know where that is. And Pisces is the last sign of the zodiac. And it is a sign of spirit. It is a sign of not being able to pin down anything real. It's a different, it's a, a sort of foggy, uh, not clear sort of thing. It's ether, it's spirit. And so when we see what the moon rules while it's going through the sign of Pisces, you'll see why and how that plays out. Uh, the only contact that the moon makes today that's new is a sextile to Uranus. Sextile is a 60 degree relationship between the moon in the sign of Pisces and uh, then Uranus in the sign of Taurus. So they're working well together, right? This is the energy of, uh, uh, of signs that are working together or have similarities that draw them together. So the moon in Pisces may be helping us get some spiritual ahas, some epiphanies, direct in line from the divine into us as mere mortals. That helps us get a clear idea of direction of what comes next, of what is in our highest and best interests. 
Pisces as the home of the moon. First of all, the moon, very comfortable in the sign of Pisces. The moon is in a water sign. The moon rules a water sign, uh, the sign of Cancer. And Pisces, Cancer, and Scorpio, all being water signs, are in good connection with one another, right? Various levels of spirit and connection and emotional uh, uh, equivalent, uh, what is that word I always say? Emotional intelligence, if you will. And Pisces, though, is more ruling of the deeper seas, the part that's less easy to pin down. It rules the imagination. It rules fantasy. It rules confusion. So if you're feeling a bit confused today, if you're feeling a bit sleepy, it might be because of the moon's placement in Pisces. So sleep is ruled by the sign of Pisces. So disruptions to your sleep, being sleepy, um, needing more sleep, all a part of the moon transiting through uh, Pisces. And in, the, in, in sleep, we have the potential to not only rebuild our bodies and to heal those things that have come you know, undone during the day, um, it's also a place of dream. And we can dream and tap into our uh, subconscious mind or into our higher wishes and our higher uh, imaginings. But Pisces is also a sign of chaos, confusion and chaos. They kind of go hand in hand. So there's a possibility that our mentality is a little bit confused and uh, that we are uh, having more trouble, especially with Mercury in retrograde, making our minds do our bidding, um, saying things that aren't what we meant to say, sending things out in emails that have you know, mistakes in them. Uh, it, it's just kind of funny. I mean, all kinds of weird things. I got to tell you a funny Mercury retrograde story yesterday. So my husband's work has suddenly this uh, COVID outbreak. And so four people have come down ill. And so they've been sort of sent off to their homes. And consequently, everybody else in the building, including Terry, has to be tested for COVID, even though he wasn't really, these were mostly people in the office. He works out in the warehouse, so he wasn't really in close contact with too many, but he needed to have a test. So all the plans were made that they were going to go to Walgreens, uh, a pharmacy around here, and get their COVID tests. Well, then we realize that that's the wrong test, that they need a different test. So then they have to cancel the Walgreens thing. Then they make reservations at the fairground which is where the major hub is of COVID testing. <laughs> I get a call. T Janet, please, you got to help me. You got to do this. So I go through this whole process of getting him set up for this appointment. I click print. I print everything he's going to need to have to do, to do that testing, which was supposed to be today. And my printer won't print this one page, the one page that he absolutely has to have with all the information on it, right? So finally, I'm like frustrated beyond frustration. I can't get his, and I'm on his laptop so I could access his email and so forth. And uh, I end up having to email the, the whole packet of paperwork to my computer, to my email so that I could get it and at my desk and print it. It prints beautifully, yay, right? Well, then he calls me later and says, oh, I'm gonna be late coming home from work tonight because <laughs> The fairgrounds canceled all of the testing for today due to inclement weather because a lot of it's outside intense. It's 23 degrees. I'm guessing they didn't really want to be outside at the fairgrounds, you know, doing this. So they canceled. So then he says, <clears throat> I'm going to um, urgent care because they also do COVID tests. So he's going to urgent care to get his COVID test. He comes home and he sits down finally to open up his laptop, check his emails. And suddenly I hear my printer. All of the times that I tried to reprint those documents. It didn't clear in the cache memory. And so my printer spit out 10 copies of the paperwork that he no longer needs because he's in a different place getting a test done. Typical, right? Typical Mercury retrograde. So if you're having funny stories like that, or funny things happening like that, confusing things happening, don't be surprised, right? With Mercury retrograde, and now the moon in Pisces, definitely confusion reigns supreme. 
On the other hand, Pisces also rules joy and all of the expressions of joy from being having that feeling, that internal happiness, that joy that just bubbles up sometimes from inside to bliss, to ecstasy, to the concept of universal love, right? Where we all come together, we can see those invisible lines of love that connect us all. There's also more psychic sensitivity when the moon is in the sign of, of Pisces. We're more likely to pick up transmissions from other people, from source, uh, just you know things that are going on in the collective. We're also more emotionally sensitive. So things that people say or do might trigger us in a more emotional way. But Pisces is also the ruler of the mystical states. So when we feel that, that rapture, when we feel that revelation that comes from being in alignment with spirit, that is triggered also by the moon moving through the sign of Pisces. Uh, this is a sign that tells us to trust in a higher power that calls us up to be meeting our divine partner, to be trusting and surrendering to that higher power, that wisdom, that spiritual awareness, and then channeling said spiritual power into our lives to become a magnetic attraction for the things that we desire in our lives. Beware. This also happens in the negative. If you're focused on the negative or the holes in your life, I don't have, I don't need, or I, I must have, those kinds of things as well create a, a magnetic attraction that's drawing to you uh, likely more of not having instead of the getting what you want. So make sure you're, you're focused on the things that are positive, that are uplifting, that you really desire, not the things that you don't. And I'm going to have a caveat to that when we get to the human design this morning. Uh, let's see, Pisces also healing powers, healing of the spirit, sometimes healing of the body physical. We can do this through accessing meditation and yoga, centering ourselves, bringing ourselves into alignment with peace. Sometimes this is a place where our angels, our guides come in and help us. And so angelic assistance or guides assisting us on our journey are more maybe accessible. This is also a moon placement of being more quiet, more meditative, more internalized. And of course, unconditional love is also a part of this. We have universal love, the bigger love that holds us all together. And then the idea of unconditional love we are, where we are not in judgment of one another, but we are um, in forgiveness. We are in tolerance. We understand, we connect with, we have compassion for one another. We are aligned in oneness or we have the potential to align in oneness or in unity when the moon is moving through the sign of Pisces. Now, of course, we have the empty, the empty, the, the less fun side of the energy, sort of the negative, if you will, the, because there's a full spectrum of expression in any signs energy. In uh, the sign of Pisces, it's the potential for victim mentality, uh, defeatist attitudes, for procrastination, for panic attacks and anxiety to be triggered, uh, addictions and disappointments and deception, all a part of the negative part of Piscean energies. And in the physical body or in health, uh, Pisces rules the feet, it rules colds and flus, and it is also the lymphatic system in your body. So doing what you need to do to provide uh, some strength to your, your lymph system, uh, perhaps vitamin C, perhaps um, just you know a, a better diet, more water, um, because also this is a sign that poisoning and toxicity comes up, right? Not that you've been poisoned, but it's a possibility. It's funny sometimes to uh, see some of the relationships of poisoning in our uh, environment to Pisces and Neptune, uh, but also toxins and the toxins in your environment. So, you know, and it's wintertime here in the Northern Hemisphere. So we're spending way more time indoors with the heat on perhaps, especially if you're up in the North, 
and you are, you know, breathing perhaps air that is being refiltered. And, you know, sometimes we just need to get outdoors, clear our lungs a little bit, uh, clear our skin, clear our, our field of energy just to, to walk or get outdoors. So toxins in your environment, do as much as you can during these next few days to release yourself from the toxins that may be in your environment. All right, so that's our moon in Pisces. Any questions about that? JLo says, holy moly, I have 39 and it's Saturn sitting there. Ah, Saturn, the great teacher, right? Sitting there teaching you about when to provoke. In, uh, <clears throat> in let's see, uh, quantum human design, the gate 39 isn't so much about provocation, it's about recalibration. It's about uh, being able to see where things are, you know, sort of out of that alignment with our divine self, right? So if you were looking at a line and it jogged a little to the left or to the right, that's what uh, recalibration would be about, bringing it back into that alignment. So energetically, it is often a time where people, especially who have that gate activated in their chart, uh, are going to see where things are needing to be corrected in some way, but not corrected um, as in constructive criticism type of correction, but they can see where that alignment to spirit would be so much more clear and where the person that they are maybe talking to could be so much more in alignment themselves, right? Where they could release themselves by recalibrating their thoughts, maybe their emotions most likely, and uh, get back on the straight, the good path for themselves. Um, getting back into alignment with their authentic selves. Uh, then JLo says, interesting, I'd felt sleepy for the past three days. I thought I was being lazy. There's nothing wrong with being lazy. Oh my gosh, we had this big, con we, we had this big conversation around this yesterday. Uh, as you know, I'm taking classes in quantum human design and somehow we got on this uh, topic of uh, how we tend to talk about the different types in terms of doingness, like what do they do, right? The generators and manifesting generators highly activated to do, to build, to master, to grow something. And then the other three types, the projectors, the reflectors and the manifestors, and then being affected by the slanted opinion, if you will, of the generator types in you need to always be doing or else you're lazy, right? That, that's a big thing that gets thrown out, especially at projectors. And then it makes them feel like they have to do more, which then leads them to burnout because they don't have the ability to sustain that kind of doingness. So instead of thinking about your type as what you do, you have to change that for yourself to who you be, right? What is the beingness? The beingness of a generator is being able to create, to be able, or the generator types is to use their formidable energy in the act of creation. And that satisfies that divine part of them that is housed in their bodies. In a projector, your beingness is in attracting the people to you that will want your wisdom, that you will lead, guide, manage, orchestrate, coach, mentor. If you are a manifester, your beingness is about that being able to connect with what it is you want to be right? Whether that is, I want to be a singer and I'm going to go start singing. I want to be an artist. I'm going to go do that art. I want to be a businesswoman. I'm going to go out there and start my business. Whatever it is, if the beingness of the manifester is tied in with the creative impulse to start something, not necessarily finish, but definitely to start. And then our reflectors are really just taking in all this energy. Their beingness is in the reflection of those around them. And so they're, they're not here to do anything, right? Literally, I mean, it doesn't mean they can't do. So anything that I'm saying here isn't about not being a doer. It's that stop thinking of yourself as a doer. And then when you're in a being place, then somehow that makes you wrong or lazy or a bad person or unmotivated, etc. Because that is so, 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 so not true, right? We're here to be we are called human beings for a reason. If we, if it was all about the doing, don't you think we'd be called human doings, 
right? Human doings. We act like human doings, but we're here to be beings. So let's think about it in those terms. Adrian Jones, good morning. Uh, Corey says, definitely a retrograde story. Uh, JLo's mine is my phone. It keeps telling me to connect to Wi-Fi so I can make a call. That's too funny. My phone was doing something funny the other day too. It just kept stopping. Like every time I'd go to someplace, I'd turn around and it's gone. It's not there no more. So I don't know what it was doing. Uh, JLo, pretty cool. I didn't even know that. There you go. Tom Wright, there are a couple people I'd like to get rid of, but you said I can't go out and provoke what to do. Oh my gosh, Tom. JLo, I have caught myself rethinking on how I should say things before would be a whole lot of mess. You know, there is some, you know, beauty in slowing down the process of what you say, because then what you say has more meaning because you've taken the time to respond instead of react. So that's a good thing. Ursula, love your quantum share on provocation moves into the reframe of recalibration. Awesome. Speaking out reality into being. Exactly. Corey says, my husband has to be a projector and my oldest must be a reflector. Now it makes perfect sense. So Corey, you can always send an email to Janet at living-astrology.com and Asa, maybe you could type that in and request charts for your family members without having to resubscribe to the mailing list. So if you, if you know their birth information, please send it and we would be happy to get you a chart. That way you'll know for sure, because literally reflectors are less than 1% of the population. If you have one in your midst, you are ever so lucky because that person will always reflect to you the relative health of the family unit or of the community or whatever group that that person is a part of. Okay. Let's see, um, let's talk about now the, the transits, the bigger transits of the day, of the weekend, excuse me, since we're talking about the weekend, let me check first, make sure. Uh, oh, by the way, finally, our, our county's moved to phase two. Now restaurants can be open on Valentine's Day. What a boon that's gonna be for some of the people in restaurants. Uh, I think at phase two where we are, we can only have 25% occupancy. And you just know that everybody's going to say, I'm so tired of not being able to eat in. They're going to run to the restaurant. So I'm definitely going to be making a Valentine's dinner at home instead of going out. But it's nice to know that we're turning some kind of corner with the COVID virus and that uh, things are opening back up. I love that. Uh, I'm sure we are all excited for that to happen. Uh, okay, so the first uh, aspect or first transit that I want to talk about is today and into tomorrow. So it's kind of bridging both days. And that's because of the different time zones that we have across the nation here, but also around the world. Sometimes they begin late at night in the Pacific time zone that I'm in. That means, you know, earlier in Hawaii, even in Alaska, and further, you know, might be the next day, even as we cross the international dateline. And it bridges across two or three days. So this is energy that's activated now. And comes to a point in at uh, 1150 something tonight, my time. So two or three in the morning, your time, if you are on the East Coast. And that means it's spreading across, you know, a couple of different days. And this is where Mercury in retrograde comes into a conjunction with Venus. So Mercury rules communication, it rules our minds, it rules transportation, and it is in retrograde right now. So sometimes we have to slow down our thinking to get the right words to say what we want to say. We have to slow down when we're operating a motor vehicle or any heavy equipment because it's easy for something to a break down or b you somehow get into road hypnotism and don't see that the traffic is stopped in front of you kinds of things right so we have to be very careful about life right now but mercury in conjunction to venus who rules our finances our relationships and uh really kind of the values that we hold as individuals means that we are likely flowing or wanting to flow now with the expression of love, right? We're in this Valentine's Day weekend. So we want to show words of love, what, be able to share our hearts and what we really want to say sometimes isn't coming out the way that we want to say it. Or somehow we're tripping over our words or we pick out the wrong word. I've done that I don't know how many times this morning. And it is something that we just have to 
uh, bear through at the moment because it doesn't change the feeling. It doesn't change what you want to say. It's just maybe it doesn't come out correctly. So maybe you do show what you're feeling with small gifts of appreciation, um, gratitude, right? Or just, you know, giving somebody, you know, just something small that shows them what you're really feeling and how you're really caring. Um, but on the other side, this is about being open to receiving love and affection from your friends and family, from your, your loved ones, right? So Mercury uh, in conjunction with Venus is about how do we speak these words of love? And I do believe this is going to, we're going to have another go round with this after uh, the 20th of this month when Mercury moves back forward and will zip up to meet Venus once more, then maybe you'll really have the most eloquent words, <laughs> elegant things to say uh, to those that you love, but don't stop yourself now, even if it comes out wrong, um, it is something that's coming from the heart. Uh, as well, over this weekend, we have Mars in a sextile to Neptune. Now, we're used to thinking of Mars as the war warrior god. He's activated. He's a catalyzer. He's often very masculine and um, very dynamic in the way that he moves. And yet, when he's in a conjunction or a sextile or a trine with the planet Neptune, or even in opposition with Neptune, he's tamed down somewhat, right? There's a more mystical quality that comes into play here. It's almost like people are more mystically in tune with one another. I called it mystical attunement, and I think that's going to be on the graphic that Asa will be putting out for everybody later. Um, but there's a sense that we're, we're meeting um, in between the space of reality and spirit. And there's a more romantic feeling here, even though it's Mars. We have a kinship that we are recognizing, almost like the divine in me recognizes the divine in you, that in namaste, right? Or uh, in Lakesh, which is a, a Mayan phrase that means somewhat the same thing. This is a soul to soul connection. It reminds me of the number eight, where we have the ability to connect right via the heart. Uh, we're meeting at the soul level, in other words, and this may be triggers to our compassion, to our empathy, to wanting to share of ourselves in more profound ways. Um, it is also our quest at times for spiritual truth. And so these two uh, is are the transits that are beginning today, but moving us all the way through into Saturday as well, depending on your time zone, right? Starting today, if you're on the West Coast, Hawaii, or Alaska, then for those of you further from mountain time zone uh, east, it is over into Saturday morning. So it is uh, one of the one of the highlights of the weekend, I think, is this ability that we have to tap into love and to see it uh, expressed in our words and in the way that we uh, interact with one another. Now, on February 14th, uh, Valentine's Day itself, Mercury is in a uh, in retrograde conjunct Jupiter. So we have another one, but the two benefic planets, Venus and Jupiter, right? So we have conjunctions to both of those by Mercury in retrograde. And this can be bring good news, good fortune, uh, optimism, faith, where we feel really good. We feel like maybe what I'm sort of feeling today with this whole COVID thing, and even though it's an outbreak at my husband's work, that somehow we are turning a corner. We're being able to, you know, get gain some ground here. But this is also... Uh, a provocation for us in some ways to think outside of the box, to look at new ideas. Remember, these are this is all happening in the sign of Aquarius. And so in some cases with this, it's about what can we do that's new? How can we think differently? How do we have new ideas? How can we be inspired uh, and be inspiring to one another? So this is uh, a time then uh, of a lot of, of that innovation, of thinking differently, and Mercury in retrograde slowing things down enough for us to be able to see things, maybe in a clearer light, right? To be able to hear things that we haven't heard before, uh, to interact with information in a new way. Remember, Mercury is the planet that rules Gemini, a sign of curiosity. So there's also Mercury curiosity here, pushing us to discover new things, new ways of being, moving us into new territories, 
sort of given us the kick in the behind to let go of our old mindset, maybe to let go of the fear that's stopped us before from moving profoundly forward. Um, we can get taken away, however, with enthusiasm and optimism and excitement. So be mindful of what you're doing, right? So that you don't overdo, over imbibe, you know, the whole drill with Jupiter. Anytime we have Jupiter conjunct a planet, the tendency is to overdo it. Maybe we talk too much. Maybe we say the wrong things and we keep going and going and going, trying to dig ourselves out of the hole and we just keep getting deeper in it. Uh, so be careful of what you're saying. Slow things down. Don't overdo anything. Uh, but it is also a good day for planning for the future, which seems kind of odd. But Mercury ruling the mind and Jupiter expansion and Aquarius about the future, put that together and it might be a day to plan for something for the future. This is above everything else about having fun, enjoying life, enjoying one another, and the enjoyment of being together and love energy. How's all of that sound? Uh, Asa, any questions out there? Anybody have anything they wanna share? Uh, let me go over here and see what everybody's talking about at this point. Uh, Elisa, awesome, I will send you an email for my family. Thank you, you're very welcome. Uh, make sure you say in the email whether you want uh, an astrology chart or human design. Sometimes people want both, that, that's possible too. JLo, pretty cool. I have a reflector. I just gave her this past week your information. I shared your YouTube and personal page. Hope she is curious and comes along. I would be so excited to do that. I have done one reading in my entire career for a reflector, yet I think I've done other charts for reflectors, um, you know, when they request free charts, but just one reading for a reflector. And yet they're probably the one type that really needs to understand themselves and understand how they work in the world. So thank you, JLo, for sharing. I love that. Ursula, I allow miracles into my life. Ooh, I like that too. I love that. I love that. Let's just make that our mantra for the weekend. I allow, let's make that our mantra for the year, shall we? I allow miracles into my life. And indeed, we even have now a miracle circuitry in human design. It used to be called the individual, no, it was called the collective circuitry. And uh, that's in traditional human design, in quantum human design that Karen Curry Parker has been working on and presenting us to presenting to the world. It is the circuitry, uh, a circuit in there of miracles, right? Miracles, the miracle circuit. I love it. And I resonated with it so fully. Uh, it's now called the sensing circuit. So the sensing circuit is part of the collective circuitry. And a circuitry in human design is just a group of planets that are planets, a bloop, <laughs> a group of gates that come together that have similar themes. And so the theme under collective circuitry is love in the bigger picture, right? Universal love in the tribal circuitry. It's about the love of family, the love of tribe or community. And in the individual circuitry, you're gonna love this. It's the love of the self. And all of you have maybe a focus in one circuitry or another that ties you more to the collective, to the tribe or to you as an individual. So that's another conversation that we often have in a human design reading, especially if you're someone who has a lot of circuitry that is individual because you feel sometimes like a fish out of water or like you are living on an alien planet and nobody understands you. Uh, you're the black sheep of your family, that kind of thing. Uh, so that part of that circuitry is about you finding your truth and living out your, your truth, not everybody else's. You're never gonna fit in because that's just not your bag, right? That's not what you came here to do. You came here to be different, to, to live your unique path. Good morning, Ingrid. It's good to see you. I'll be seeing you a little later. Uh, so now let's take a look at uh, more at the human design because we also have tomorrow a shift in the human design week. And let me see if I can get back to Zoom here and share my screen correctly with everybody. Here we go. So I, I said to you earlier today that it was 
because the moon is in Pisces and because we are in a uh, creative mode with the new moon that we wanted to be able to set intentions and uh, attract to us those things that we desire. Well, here we are in our human design week starting tomorrow, the 13th through the 18th, that is all about saying yes to the correct opportunities that support you, your commitment, your devotion to whatever it is that you're committed to and devoted to. And the sun in this is going to be at the gate 30, passion, which you can't see it here, but I'll show you in uh, the other chart in just a minute, uh, is way down here on the emotional center. It's right on the corner at the very bottom tip of the emotional solar plexus. And it is a red flag gate in our human design. It is about finding passion and connecting to what you're passionate about and then having that passion be able to sustain your drive to get to your dreams or to achieve your goals or your aspirations or your vision. But passion here in this gate, which by the way is not sexual, this is really more about the passion and drive that we have to be our whole authentic selves, right? Our healed, whole, healthy selves and to live from that place, right? Honoring what it was that we came here to do, who we came here, what, who, excuse me, go back, who we came here to be, right? See, even I get caught up in that doingness. It is who did we come here to be and living from that place. But sometimes the gate 30 is a gate that, that grabs onto an idea or a passion and almost has a stranglehold on it. The, it's like setting an intention um, with the, a new moon that you want something in specific and it's so specific or it's so tight, you're holding it so tight that the universe who might be able to create it in any number of miraculous ways has no room. You can't see what the universe is trying to show you because you're so locked into what you believe it should look like. So sometimes in this gate, the reason we call it a red flag gate is we have to encourage everybody that has this gate to find to step back and hold things lightly. When you look in the uh, gene keys, the shadow here is desire, right? Desire is the shadow. The gift is lightness. So we want to, we want to express our passion and what it is that we desire, but we want to hold it lightly. We don't want to strangle hold it. And that's why sayings like after we set an intention, this or something better um, helps us, right? It helps us say to the universe, I'm open to however it is that this might magically appear in my life. But our, our tendency in the shadow is to stranglehold it and only think it can come to us in this one way. So then we lock down the universe and uh, miss, fail to see where it is that the, the beauty, the passion is coming from. And in the city here, we have rapture. We can take it to the highest gift of love and openness and um, the, the feeling of rapture when all things are working. Now, the earth is always going to sort of ground us here. It is going to be the place where we are having to learn something, right? It grounds us into the evolution of what it is that we're here to learn. And right now, collectively, the gate 29, which is called the gate of devotion, I call it the gate of saying yes, because this is about correcting, um, correctly committing or saying yes to the right things for you. Now, if you have this gate 29 um, defined in your human design chart, uh, like I do, you are used to wanting to say yes to everything. Somebody calls you, yes, yes, I want that. And I want that. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this. And it's exhausting for some people, right? It can be exhausting as you're trying to do everything. And so here we have to learn how to correctly say yes to the right things because then it becomes sustainable. This is on the sacral. Here's the gate 29 right here. You can just see it under the word shadow. The gate 29 links the sacral, which is the center for doingness and beingness up to our uh, identity center through the gate 46. If you have that, you have this whole channel where we can actually bring into physical form those things that we say yes to. 
So this week we are or from the 13th through the 18th, we are learning to correctly devote ourselves or say yes to the things that we are passionate about, then holding that lightly and allowing the universe to attract the things to us, the opportunities, the people, the timing to get what it is that we desire. And sometimes what we think we desire isn't exactly what we really desire. And so holding lightly allows the universe to bring you the real thing that you want, not the thing that you thought you wanted. I hope that makes sense. Uh, in the city, I mean, in the gene keys, the, the shadow is half-heartedness. And I can't tell you how bad this is, right? Half-heartedness where you were so excited, you said yes, and then you get involved and you're like, oh God, what did I do? Why did I say yes? Now I'm, now I feel obligated perhaps, right? My sustainable energy has just crunched up, uh, gone away. And now I'm only half-heartedly engaged. If that's a group of people or an, uh, uh, some kind of work that you're doing, then it can have a very negative effect on the group as a whole because of half-heartedness. The gift here is commitment. And that comes maybe with having some space to say yes to the correct things according to your type, your strategy, and your authority. If you don't know what those words mean, go to my uh, website, living-astrology.com, look up human design. That will help you understand what we are talking about here in terms of your human designs type strategy and authority. All right. Now, I also wanted to go to a different graphic that I have here. Um, this might be a website that I really wanted to be at. Here we go. Now I can share this. <clears throat> And, oh, no, I don't want to stop the live stream. Holy cow. It's a good thing I'm slowing myself down or I might have hit get lost. All right. So here we have a human design chart and I'm going to move this out of the way if I can without creating havoc. And in this particular chart, these are all open right now because this is a chart builder <laughs> in genetic matrix. For those of you who are, uh, you know, human design aficionados, um, if you go to geneticmatrix.com, you can create a chart, right? Just by playing with the, the different uh, channels and so forth. So right now, there we go. There's where the gate 30 is. This is where the sun will be tomorrow. And then the earth is at the gate 29 right here. And I'm putting that, I'm presenting them as hanging gates. Hanging gates are when they don't go all the way across to form a channel. But in this way, you can see that how they might work with your own human design. So if you have your own human design chart, get it out, look at it. Do you have something sitting here at gate 29? If you do not, now you do, right? Now you do for those next few days. This will be a theme that pops up out of the blue, this idea of commitment and saying yes to the correct things for you. If you do not have the gate 30, if this gate 30 in your chart is white, now suddenly you will have this gate of desire. You may feel suddenly passionately that there's something that you want, that there's something you want to do, someone you want to be, and hold it lightly, right? This might be a different energy for you that you don't normally have access to. And now suddenly here it is. Now, if you are looking at your chart and you have the gate 46 defined, but it doesn't go all the way across to the 29. Now, suddenly you have the entire channel de defined. When you have the entire channel defined, this is called the channel of discovery. It is taking something new, some new idea, saying something that you've said yes to and grounding it into the physical. This is the gate of the love of the physical. This is where it actually gets expressed, where saying yes actually has to find its place in the physical realm. So now if you have that gate 46 hanging, the 29 is now connected to it and you will have access to creation. Uh, saying yes to the right thing is going to bring you the right opportunities to express uh, saying yes and your commitment. Now, on the other side over here, if you have the gate 41 in your chart and it's hanging, meaning it only goes halfway across, then you also have now the entire channel of imagination and creativity defined. 
And this is a connection to actually taking things from out of the mind and the imaginal world and into the creation of the um, idea into the real world. So this is a, a, a channel this week for you that might be prompting you to actually be creative. And what I mean in creative is not just the imagination part of it, but the bringing it in and anchoring it into the world. Now, some of you may have the whole channel defined. I do, both of these. <laughs> I have both of these channels defined uh, in my human design chart natally. And when that happens, this is adding emphasis to this creative energy, to the expression of the bringing into reality, the watching for holding on too tightly uh, to that passion or to that idea that you want to express, but also making sure that you're not saying yes to everything, because if you do, you're, you, even if you have a defined sacral, you can still find yourself in burnout. And I've been there. I've done that. And uh, not burned out to the way that maybe a projector might get burned out, but certainly enough so that I just can't seem to get the excitement around doing anything going, right? So you got to watch it if you have these channels defined, because now with the addition of these energies, it's triggering the end of that channel that wants to say yes, and that has the devotion or the potential to express passion. All right, guys, does that help, right? Did, that, did, did viewing a human design chart like that help you understand more about your own chart and how these uh, energies can play, uh, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things? Um, did it confuse you? Do you have questions? Tell, tell, this is your time. Um, okay, so... Tom, I'll tell you what I want, what I really, really want. All right, you Spice Girl, you. Uh, J-Lo says, oh, wow, I will have 41, 39, and 49 in red and 39 in black, but this week the whole bottom part will be connected up. Wow. So this is a, a big week for you. I would be very aware of who's provoking me and what am I provoking in others. I would be very aware of sensitivity on your part, especially if the 19 and 49 are defined and uh, the 39 or the 41 to 30 uh, is going to be defined. So, you know, tap into your imagination. You know, you were creating some beautiful uh, Oracle cards or tarot cards. Maybe it's time to make a move on that project to take it further. I don't know, but that would sound right. Debbie, I blew it. No Pia today. She's next week. In fact, I was uh, this morning, I'm sitting there going, oh my God, I didn't send her a link. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? And I look down at my calendar and it says the three dates that she's going to be here, February 19th, March 19th, and April 16th. So sorry if I misspoke this week, Mercury retrograde craziness. She will be here next Friday. She and Colin will be here next Friday uh, for us to uh, talk to. So yay, I love it when they're here. Okay, questions, comments. Sean the sheep, brilliant. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know what that means. Um, all right, let me just do a shameless plug here. Please hit the thumbs up button if you like today's video. Feel free to share it with your friends, your networks, your social medias. Uh, also, if you haven't yet subscribed to the channel, please consider subscribing. I'm, gonna, I don't, I'm at 648 subscribers. I kind of lost interest in the whole thing after watching social media uh, or, uh, yeah, social media or whatever that movie was called. And I, so I, I'm not as big into having subscribers, but I do want people to be able to get to my channel to hear the material that I do present. Uh, so there's that. And as well, right now, human design readings are discounted. So if you have been waiting to have a reading, either a, a full-on reading, a more a refresher reading, if you've had a reading from me in the past and wanted to update your reading, those are all discounted about 20% right now. And anywhere on my site that you go to purchase the reading, it will automatically uh, take that into discount mode for you. And Corey, I'm a bit confused as to how human design changes, but I'm guessing it's similar to how we're affected by the moving planets. And that's exactly right. So uh, Corey, 
Corey, what's your last name? And do I, do I have a chart for you that I can pull up? Or is anybody else willing to volunteer to have me put their chart up? Because then I can show you graphically a little bit more about what's going on for you personally. Um, so I'll wait for a second here. And while I'm doing, while I'm waiting, I'm going to bring up, oops, I can't do that. I'm going to bring up my neutrinos through a windows. There we go. And that way I can look at a chart. I have to wait one second here while that, okay, go back. Uh, so Pia and Colin have a cat, Corey Sykes. Okay, Corey, so let me, I'm pretty sure I've done a chart for you before. Um, please let me know if I had that under a different name for you, just in case, because you're not there and yet I'm in the wrong file. Let me see. Uh, there you are. All right, so let me share my screen, Corey, and you will see your chart up on the screen. Uh, share. Okay, so here is a picture of your human design, Corey. These are all the places in the chart where the planets were sitting when you were born. In some cases, they affect you by a hanging gate, meaning that the energy, there's nothing sitting at the opposite side. So the gate hangs here. And you can see you've got several places where that occurs in your chart. And it is those gates, the hanging gates, that are the places where you will play out the energy of that gate through relationships or with other people in your life, right? The, the, that gate acts like a little bit of a magnet to draw to you the people that are going to help you complete that experience. Then you have channels defined. When you have a defined channel, it turns on, if you will, or defines a center. So you can see here you have something at gate 28 on the spleen, something at gate 38 on the spleen, and so it creates a connection to the root center. It turns them on, colors them in, defines them. And as well, you can see on your spleen, you have the gate 32 right here. It's hanging, right? So it doesn't go all the way across. And then you also see from the spleen to the sacral, you have the channel 5027. And then there is a split between these three centers and the two that are connected here via the gate uh, or the channel of contribution, of creativity, of self-expression. And so those, this is how your chart is defined. Now, when planets transit, they fill in sometimes the gaps. Now, in this week, for example, the gate 30 is where the sun is sitting. And so this is going to turn colored. It's like if I, if I hover here, we'll just pretend that's coloring it in. There. Oh, it's going to flash off and on. But anyway, you get the idea that right now that particular gate is going to be hanging. So likely you may be attracting to you during this upcoming week people that have the gate 41 that will help you create, that will help you express what it is that you're passionate about or what it is that you really desire. Now, can I turn that off? Aha. Then over here at the gate 29, that is where the earth is going to be sitting for the week. You can see you have nothing in that channel. Now suddenly you have this um, maybe possibility of saying yes, but you have to know how to say yes to the correct things for you. And because you have splenic authority, and that means the spleen is the source of your uh, your power in determining what's correct or not, the first thing for you to do is to wait till you have something in your outer world that's going to come up and allow you to say yes or no to, right? Sometimes in this gate, you have to watch saying no, right? Some, some people say no too soon to something. So you have to be aware. Most likely this is about saying yes, but sometimes it can be that you want to say no to everything, um, but you don't say no or yes, unless you have listened to your authority and your authority is going to be in response, your intuition in response to something that is showing up in your outer world. So that could be someone comes along and says, Hey, Corey, I have this job that I would love for you to um, apply for. And in the moment you're excited about that, you say, yes, I'll do it. Um, because your intuition is speaking very loudly. It's going, it's prompting, it's saying, go for it, do it. Right. 
other times something may come up, some opportunity to come up here to take a course, let's say, that's going to cost you $1,000. And you want to say yes, because it, felt, it feels like it might be something that you really could benefit from, that you want to learn from, but your intuition is going not now. But your intuition only speaks once. It doesn't keep nagging at you. Remember, I said not to do that. It doesn't do that. It speaks one time and either you listen or you don't. So honing your intuition is also beneficial for you because that is how you make decisions. It's instinctual, it's in the moment, and you have to trust that inner voice and that it is telling you the truth, right? All right, so hopefully that's helpful. And stop sharing for a moment. Did that help answer your questions, Corey? Um, I do have your chart. Did you can use mine? Thanks, Tammy. Thank you. Thank you. I, I've only got a minute left here anyway. So uh, hopefully everybody can benefit from seeing that demonstration. Do that with your own chart. If you've had a human design reading, or if you have your own human design chart, get it out. Look at it. Right? I had mine out yesterday and I was surprised by a couple of things. I don't know where it is now, but look at your chart. Look for gate 30 and for gate 29. Where are they? How does it sync up? And then if you have questions about that, bring it to the morning show on Monday and we can talk about it. Or if it's killing you, you got to know, then email the question, right? That we are always happy to answer questions for you. And good. I'm glad. Okay, Corey, thank you. All right, everybody. Well, I just want to wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. May you be blessed with love and companionship and uh, have loving relationships in your life. And of course, that all begins with you loving yourself. That is the greatest thing that you can do. Take care, everybody. Much love. Thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you, Asa, for being out there and helping. I'll see you all on Monday.